Well, thank you for visiting our website and finding this broadcast. This recording will start with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 through 8. As I read, I want to ask that we listen for words which communicate to us the idea of obligation. It is not something hidden deep in the Greek or anything like that. Plain English words we use every day that convey the idea of obligation. Please be listening for that. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 1 through 8. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now, you heard from the reading of the text these key words, urge, should, ought, and in verse 3, should abstain. In verse 4, should know. And in verse 6, no one should. There is more in the passage, but these are good examples of what we're going to consider in this study. In Bible reading and study, if we will look carefully into the text of Scripture, important practical words emerge off the page. And all I want to do in this recording is illustrate that. In the illustrations I offer, there will be valuable applications for us. But my approach is to demonstrate how important concepts emerge from key words on the pages of Scripture. So let's begin here at the opening in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and let's attend to this word, ought. Paul is writing to Christians and says in verse 1, notice the last phrase, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. We are reading from an English translation, so the word here is ought, which tells us this is about obligation. Ought is an English word that most of the time signals obligation. There is an almost outdated use of the word ought in math, meaning zero, that's a contextual exception. In the kind of reading that we do in the Bible, the word ought in our translations pertains to and signals obligation. 
Have you ever noticed in many cases the word ought is followed by the word to? After the word to, the obligation is specified, generally in verb form. So parents tell children, you ought to clean your room. You ought to help in the kitchen. You ought to get off your iPad and get into the textbook to do your homework. All right, look back at 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1, the entire verse now. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Obligation is indicated inside that word ought. After the word to, the action is specified. We ought to walk to please God. As you continue to read after verse 1, you discover more specifics about that walk. Abstain from sexual immorality. Stated positively, walk in purity. Do not take advantage of your brother. Stated positively, walk in love toward your brother. And you can move through the rest of chapter 4 to learn the specifics of the obligation to walk with God. So what I'm calling attention to is how an important concept is captured by a word. How an important concept is written in high volume on the pages of Scripture through key simple words in our English translations. From this, we take the practical truth that as Christians, we are under obligation. There is a sense of moral ought that we should have with a view toward pleasing God in every way God has said he is to be pleased. So I shall read this epistle and the whole New Testament to discover what I ought to do based on my desire to please God and receive what he offers by grace in Jesus Christ. That simple concept of obligation to God motivated by the interest of your heart to please Him and receive salvation from Him. There's nothing complicated there. Thank God this is so easy to understand. All right, let's continue. Open next to Philippians chapter 4. A very familiar passage is found in Philippians 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We love this text because it tells us of strength Christ provides for his people. Let's do this. One simple word here that could be easily dismissed but signals a key idea, can. Let me ask you, are we to sit back and relax and just feel like we are strengthened by Christ while we do nothing? There may be some temptation to read the verse and draw a passive conclusion that this is something Christ does to me or in me while I'm still, while I'm doing nothing, that I just receive this blessing of strength. But in this verse, 
Christ is supplying strength for us to be active. He's supplying strength for his people to do things. I can do things strengthened by Christ. As I abide in him, obey him, serve and honor him, and let his example and teaching guide me, he gives me the strength to do things that I haven't done before or that I can do better. The word can is a word of ability. Our ability comes from strength given to us by Christ. Should you ever say to yourself, with respect to any good and right activity, I just can't do that. Read this text to be reminded you can, being strengthened by Christ. The word can captures the idea of ability, and ability captures the idea we mentioned before of obligation. There's obligation to do what you're able to do, strengthened by Christ. I say again, there is obligation to do what you're able to do, strengthened by Christ. All right, let's do that again. In 2 Corinthians 12, 15. 2 Corinthians 12, 15. It may be one of the most important words in many texts is this little word, will, that conveys personal determination. Paul said to the Corinthians in this verse, I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. That's Paul's love and determination of heart to sacrifice, to spend and be spent for the sake of their souls, for their present and eternal spiritual welfare. The word will signals Paul's determination. Two other examples. Someone said to Jesus one time, I will follow you wherever you go. Matthew 8, 19. Psalm 104, verse 33. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God. What is necessary to follow Jesus and sing praise to God is this determination of heart the will to do these things that we are able to do, strengthened by Christ, and that we are obligated to do. You see that? One more, but this will involve several passages. I want you to be listening for the word have, H-A-V-E. And I'm going to go to Romans 15, 19, 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, and Galatians 2 verse 20. And we're listening for the word have. Romans 15, 19, the last phrase in that verse where Paul said, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. And 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In these passages, 
The little word is have, and it signals the idea of obligation that has led to accomplishment. Paul, the apostle, working under the Great Commission, accepted obligation to preach the gospel and had fully preached the gospel of Christ. He said, I have done that. Paul had accepted the obligation. When Paul became a Christian, he was crucified with Christ. He had accepted that. That involved obligation. As he faced the end of life, he said, I have fought the good fight. He enlisted. He volunteered. He accepted the obligation. So this is accomplishment coming from obligation to accept what God has given in terms of a gift and in terms of the reception of it. This is not accomplishment in the sense of merit about which one can boast, but this is accomplishment in terms of having accepted obligation from God and doing what God asks us to do to receive what he offers in Christ. In every passage cited, what stands out is obligation, activity of faith. We are able to engage in because God, by his grace, enables us through Christ to please him. Now, my destination. I've presented to us this very simple Bible study tool giving attention to simple key words that tell us what the main idea is and thus lead us to make solid personal applications about what we ought to be doing. You can do this with any number of other key words that you encounter in your Bible reading and study. But I had a destination I didn't disclose in the introduction, and here it is. We ought to do what we can do, and if we will, we will have those accomplishments and blessings that please God and better us as people. I'm going to say that again. We ought to do what we can do, and if we will, we will have those accomplishments and blessings that please God and make us better people. Listen again, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, 
Whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Thanks for being a part of this study.